Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is September the 26th, and we're going to be looking at the book of Romans, chapter 6. That's right, we're just a day or so behind, but I'm catching us up, and we will, in the next day, be right on track with where we need to be. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for continuing to come back day after day. We are growing in numbers all the time. Now we're in 63 nations. Qatar, Qatar, some would say, is the last uh, nation that has come on board. So we're reaching people all around the world. Now in almost 2,300 cities worldwide. And so thank you as we continue to expand this. Next year, we're going to have a brand new podcast ministry that is going to be based throughout the Bible as you read through it. But we're going to answer questions that we believe you want the answers to. And we're going to ask you to send your questions in along as time goes along. But we're going to be in series after series of all of the questions you always want answered, but it seems like none of the commentaries deal with. It's going to be a tremendous year if God lets us live into 2023. Well, enough about that. Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul has been dealing with the subject of justification, that it doesn't matter where we have come from, what our background is, Jew or Gentile, all are justified the same way. That is, we are all declared to be righteous before God and have standing before Him, not based upon our works of righteousness, which we have done. It never has been that way, but it is through trusting in God's provision and trusting in God's promises and His Word. You see, that's the only reason any of us have any assurance of salvation is because God says so. You say, well, wait just a minute. I can have assurance of salvation because I saw a lightning bolt when I was saved. Well, the Bible says the Lord Jesus himself said, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. How do you know that wasn't Satan? You say, well, I know I feel assured. Well, your feelings can change. What are you going to do then? No, the only solid foundation you and I have is to trust in God's word that he said, if I'd repent of my sin, I would change my mind, change my direction, call upon the name of the Lord that I would be saved. I believe Jesus is alive. I believe he died to pay for my sins. I believe he did pay for my sins and I'm trusting him alone to save me. That's the basis of heaven. That's always been the basis of heaven is trust in God and his word. He alone can declare us righteous. We are not righteous by any law that we have kept or any good deed that we have done. So he makes much of grace, much of grace, all that God does for us that we do not deserve. And so he comes to chapter six and he says, so what shall we say then? 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, certainly not. God forbid. May it never be. How shall we who have died to sin, that is, we have now said, no, I don't want to live that way. I want to trust in the Lord. I want to follow him. I want to live in obedience. Now, let me say to you, this is why I don't like the term Christian. I'm sorry, I don't. It's mentioned in Antioch as what they were first called Christians in Antioch. But they were called people of the way. Why? Because they thought a certain way. They lived a certain way. They walked in obedience to the Father. They were called people of the way. They were followers of Jesus of Nazareth. People ask me all over the world, what is it that makes you different than others? And I say, I am a follower of Jesus of Nazareth. You see, that's the difference. Jesus is the difference. He's not part of the difference. He is the difference. And we've got to come away from this idea of in name only. We've got to live in a way that reflects that we have died to what we want to do in life. That doesn't control us anymore. We are living in conscious, intentional obedience to Jesus. And so he says, By way of illustration, or do you not know, he's talking to the Romans, do you not know as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, you can go back and listen to the podcast that I've had on baptism. And what I have said all along is that water baptism is symbolic of spirit baptism that happens the moment a person is saved. You say, wait just a minute. I thought that baptism of the spirit was some secondary experience after salvation. Well, I understand that many believe that. I just don't think it's what the Bible teaches. I believe a person can be filled with the spirit of God after he's saved. I believe he can be filled with the spirit of God over and over again. I do believe that that there is a point to where a man surrenders more fully to God. He understands more. He has a greater knowledge of who he is and who God is. But I believe the moment the scripture teaches, the moment that you're saved, you got all of God you're ever going to get. From that point on, it's not a question of give me more of yourself, God, give me more of yourself. He came and filled your life the moment you were saved or you were not saved. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says it this way, For by one Spirit we were all baptized, that's E-D, past tense, into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to the carnal, fleshly Corinthians that he had just said about them. You are saints. I'm writing to the saints, those who have been sanctified. That's ED. That's past tense. I am writing to those of you who are saints. Why? Because of what Jesus did, not because of what you've done. And even though you're not acting like saints right now, he said you are carnal. You're acting like lost people. You're still saints. That is, the same people that he says, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. When did that happen? It happened the moment they came to know Jesus. God came to live within their hearts. He came to rule in their life. Now, does that mean that he always did? No. 
Just like after Pentecost, the Spirit of God was not always in control of Peter, was not always in control of John. No, they had plenty of downfalls after that. As a matter of fact, Paul said, I had to rebuke Peter at Galatia because he was caught up in the same thing that the rest of the Judaizers were. So just because you are baptized with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you're not going to sin again. No, it means the moment you're saved, God comes to live in your life and he takes up residence in your life. That's when the Spirit of God baptizes us into the body of Christ. Now, what happened at Pentecost? Remember, the book of Acts is a transitional book. Everything that happened in the book of Acts doesn't happen today. It doesn't. If that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit then, well, where is all the sound? Where is all the sight? Where are all the tongues, the visible tongues of fire? You say, can't say, well, that's just a spiritual. No, it was a visible, literal fire that failed. That doesn't happen all the time when people say they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. You see, it's the spiritual things. When a person is saved, they are placed by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. They are made one with believers all over the world. That's called spirit baptism. That's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptized, past tense, into one body. Now, we might not always act like that. We don't act like we're part of one body, but we are. We are all baptized by one spirit into one body, the body of Christ. And we are filled with the Spirit of God that moment. Now, we don't always stay filled. That doesn't mean that we're unsaved. That means that we're not always under the control and domination of the Lordship of Christ and the Holy Spirit in our lives. But any time that we repent, turn, confess, walk with God in obedience, then there is the control and filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's spiritually So there is a placing into the body of Christ. There is that spirit baptism that makes us a part of the body of Christ. You don't feel it. You might, but you don't realize it's happening. You don't go, oh, man, that felt good. I was just baptized into the body of Christ. Most of the time, you don't even have the knowledge of what is happening. It's just something that positionally happens. God does it for you, just like he does many other things that you don't feel or experience or even know what's going on. But I can tell you this, the Bible says that we are baptized with Christ. We are baptized in Christ. We are identified. That's what baptism was all about outwardly, inwardly, was identification. I've shared with you before, water baptism is identification with a message and with a master. That's what Jesus was doing when he was baptized by John. He was identifying with the message of the Messiah that John was preaching, and so that's what he was doing. He was identifying the primary purpose of baptism, whether it's spirit baptism or water baptism, inward baptism or outward baptism that everybody can see with water, is for identification. And this is why the Ethiopian eunuch had already been immersed as a follower of Judaism. He was not just circumcised. He had to be immersed. That means he had died. He went under the water. He died to his old belief system. He died to what he wanted to do. And he went under the water. He came out like a resurrection after that burial to follow a new master, a new message, a new way of life. And this is what Paul picked up on in chapter 6. And he says, 
When we, you and I, as followers of Jesus, when we were saved, when we were justified, it says, do you not know that as many of us as were placed into Jesus Christ, that's what baptism means, to place into, to immerse, to dip, to plunge, to bury, we were buried into Jesus Christ, placed into him, we were baptized into his death. That means we identify with his death. Why? Because it was for us. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism, identified with him, that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This is what baptism was to show. It was an outward expression of something that had happened on the inside. We are born again, so what do we do? We have died to our old way of life. We've died to our old methods. We've died to our old message. We've died to our old master. And so now we're being raised to follow a new message, a new master. It's a new life. It's a brand new life. That's right. And so this is what baptism shows. It shows outwardly what's happened on the inside. Spirit baptism is what identifies us with the body of Christ from a mystical, mysterious standpoint, a mysterion. I don't understand how that when I'm saved, I am placed in the body of Christ, and I have many times more affection and more affinity with those that I've only met for a short period of time than I have with family members I've known all my life, blood kin. Why is that? It's a mysterion. It's a mystery how that that can happen. But any of you who have done mission work somewhere, you are a follower of Jesus and you met other followers of Jesus that you've never met before. Many times you have more connection with them in five minutes than five years with your relatives. Many times those relatives are non-believers. And so there is something mystical that pulls us together. That's the Spirit of God. But the same way we're identified through baptism with the body of Christ worldwide, the same thing happens locally, you see. This is the way we identify with other believers locally. You're not baptized just out here, well, I'm a follower of Jesus out here by myself. That is nonsense. That's not biblical. Well, we're just, I'm identifying with my family. Well, that's not what we're called to identify with. We're called to identify with the ecclesia, the church of Jesus. You say, well, I don't like the local church. Well, get over it and learn to like them because God says you need one another. You need the church. There's no such thing as a loner. And by the way, this only happens in prosperous nations, in first world nations where there's no persecution. Let me just tell you, if persecution ever comes, I'm talking about real persecution to the church of Jesus in America, you will want to identify with that body because you're going to need all the help you're going to get. You're going to need all the ones around you that believe like you do if you truly are a follower of Jesus. Now, if you're not, and it's just for show and convenience, and you're a consumer Christian, and you just go because of what you can get and what the place that ministers to you the most and has the most things for your family. Nothing wrong with that, but let me tell you, that's not why you identify with local church. You need to identify with a body of believers that are sold out to Jesus, that are sold out to the Word of God to do things in a biblical way, not because they've got the best gym. Not because they've got the best entertainment, not because they've got the best smoke and mirrors. All that stuff will go by the wayside with persecution. And the only thing that will sustain you is the eternal words of God. 
That's what the Bible is replete with, is those that have suffered persecution. The only thing that will be solace to them and comfort to them is the Word of God and other believers. For On the Way, this is Tony Chris. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.